Hello, I'm Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. And my name's John Bailey. You can call me Bailey, and this is The Way I See It. Hey, Bailey. Hello. Hi, honey bunny. How you doing? With our Coca-Cola shirt that I adore. Oh, yeah. We're in hot Atlanta, so it is a sacred shirt, by the way. It is. Venerated. I'm surprised you haven't been taken down to have it taken off. Some yes. people want emeralds, sapphires, diamonds. In Atlanta, it could be a Coca-Cola shirt. A glass-bottled Coca-Cola on a hot Georgia summer day. It's like a nectar of the gods. Okay, well, let me tell you something real quick. We're going to talk. Have a what we're going to talk about today is clutter, but on the Coke thing, we, we should do a Coke thing. I just oh, I just homage. came off of being really really sick, and what is the first thing you want when your stomach is upset and you don't feel good and you're laying there, a little ice cold, the eight ounce in the bottle, the ice cold ones. Jim brought me over a Coke and he said, "This is exactly what you need." And tears streamed down my face, flooded back to being a little girl, a little child. When you were sick and had asthma mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. vaporizer on me, and my daddy would bring me an ice-cold Coca-Cola, and your tummy is sick, you know, from yeah. all the medicine you have to take. Right. And just that little bit of kick Nothing of caffeine like and sugar and sweetness and ice-cold. And in the now it's got to be a glass bottle, yeah. right? And then that first sip where it kind of hurts, <gasps> but it's like the best hurt. Yes. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, you're just like, ah, Okay, we are. We're going to do – don't put write that on our list. Yeah. We have to Updating do a, a Coca-Cola um, thing. We've got to do one because we love it, and there's all kind of nuances, and Melissa can help us with that and oh, yeah. let us know different She's got a nuances. lot of insider things, too. Um, and so what we thought we'd talk about is it's February-ish, and we're coming out of post-holiday, mm-hmm. post-New Year's. We're a month from spring. The weather is transitional and yucky. In Atlanta, we're supposed <sighs> to be getting worst. snow tonight. Yeah, that's um, people have been in, what, two weeks of rain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's really an opportune time to talk about this subject, clutter. Okay? Oh, yeah. Clutter, 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 and what clutter does to the body, the body mind, and soul. Um, living a cluttered life, which many of us, on many levels psychologically, spiritually, technologically, mm-hmm. we're living cluttered lives. So I thought this could be a little dive down for uh, people to think about, reflect on, maybe yeah. do some actionable things while it's still creepy before we get the beautiful spring with the birds and the tulips and mm-hmm. the flowers. It's a great little little uh, tiny projects you could do maybe yeah. to move along. Cooped up in your house, snowed in, rained in, flooded in. We got some tips. Declutter. And you know what? Again, I happen to be uh, an expert in stress. And what we know is clutter is one of the biggest stressors. People don't really realize how clutter affects you. We've actually got studies that show that women who saw their homes as cluttered, when we actually tested their stress hormones, their cortisol level, which is the big stress hormone, were significantly higher uh, throughout the day than Hmm. those who had organized houses. So, you know, you think, oh, I feel I've gotten cluttered a mess. Well, guess what? It is physiologically showing. Wow. And uh, and it doesn't get any easier. Research also shows adults in their 50s that have piles of stuff or clutter in their house are more likely than younger folks to put off making decisions. So not only are you over 50 and dealing with aging issues and dealing with clutter, but you can't make decisions. And I don't know about you, Bailey, but... When I deal with people that cannot make decisions, because as you know, I'm the biggest decision maker. I love, I actually. You are a woman of action. Oh my God. I actually like, I don't want to use the word orgasmic, but making a decision just is like, you know, high five, yeah. make the three fireworks. point shot, <laughs> fireworks. So, um, but, but again, it's really sad because then they get flooded. And by the time they see me for stress and depression or whatever, right. they've spent a long time not being able to make decisions. And guess what? It's kind of like mold or dust, or anything it builds up and up and up. And also another study shows that your mind wanders. Uh, Researchers have found that being around disorganization makes it harder for your brain to focus. Actually looking at people's brains and testing them, we see that the mind cannot be focused with clutter. That's kind of a cool study, right? Yeah, I think that's beneficial too. Because And and that makes sense for someone who uh, can be easily distracted at times. Like, oh, there's a butterfly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know, if you see, if you have a bunch of things in front of you 
random objects, of course, your mind will wander around those. Well, and here you and I talk about families, too, those of us listen to us that have children and things. Mm -hmm. If this is adult study, can you imagine with children that are living in a very cluttered house? Because kids are distracted because they're curious, right? They're curious about everything, like you just said. Butterfly, bee, something (laughs) on the wall. So can you imagine adding to that tons and tons of clutter that if you have an ADD or ADHD child, kind of, that That's would even be exacerbate overload. It. Absolutely. Of course. And the next two is dust collectors. You know, we have more allergies than ever, especially in Atlanta, but still globally mm-hmm. because yeah. of pollution. And when you have a lot of stuff, there's dust collecting everywhere, dust mites. And so that's going to affect your health tremendously, your immune system. Oh, totally. Uh, overload of your immune system. And then um, another one is the embarrassment and the isolation that comes with this. I was a minister, a Methodist minister at a church, and I will never forget I had a family come into me and ask me to do an intervention for their mother. Wow. She was very, very, very wealthy, and and um, she was at the end of her life, but they, she wouldn't let people go in, and they said, you know, it's cluttered is the word they used. Um, she was actually I know where this is going. Yeah, they actually didn't have. We didn't use the term hoarders back then, way back then. But that's uh, right, what it was. and it was not a research thing. Mm-hmm. There weren't reality shows on hoarding oh, like yeah, we have now, which I love. And I will never forget. So I was thinking, like in my home or my family, I grew up messy. You know, a couple of newspapers from a few weeks. Right. Swear to God, when they opened that front door and had to push open the door, and there were newspapers. From the top to the bottom, this is the God strike me dead truth. There were 12 to 18 inches that a human could sideways go through. There was just a path and everything just else a was path. Exactly. floor space was covered. Exactly. Wow. Everything was covered. So we, we went through this maze or labyrinth back to where she was, where she had a TV. She had a chair. The bed was all in the same room because she had hoarded the bedroom, the bathroom, her master bath, everything. So she was now into one room. And part of their selfish reason for doing this was they were going to inherit all this. <laughs> and she was oh, at the end of her knew. life. <laughs> and they were going to have to. Exactly. They were going to have to go through it. And yeah. they also, in all fairness, wanted to know whether to move her to her home. You, you know, and she would yeah. not leave. And yeah, she yeah, owned yeah. everything. And she was of clear mind. So it was oh, a she was very, losing. very difficult situation. No, yeah. she's brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it was her money, her power, her mansion. So, but it was my, the reason I'm mentioning this, it was my first time ever, ever to personally experience the horror of this. So then uh, that that was an educational experience. But oh, fast sure. forward later in life, this hoarding, as you well know, in the last years has become a psychological issue, yeah. television shows. And what I found out was um, about clutter is I found out a friend of ours, um, a very close friend, and I, I want to be very uh, – very, I don't want to say protect the person's identity. So, right. Okay. Right. I don't want to make it secretive, but this is a very, very, very close friend. And so when we would all get together, it was always coming to my house, going to the other person's house, Christmas party, year went by, oh, two years, three years, never house. this person's house, ah, five years. So finally, this is the truth. After four years, four years, uh, and, and you know, I can usually get pretty much out of anybody. You know me, I'm pretty good. At <laughs> you get, got everything there was to get out of me within the first <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> And, but what I realized was obviously what was being hit was so painful. Do you see? Mm. Or there was something mm-hmm. so huge, yeah, yeah. some huge secret. So then we find out a nervous breakdown night that she admits she's a hoarder and that you can't get – there's black mold all over the house and the refrigerator oh, and the vents. Terrible. As you open the front door and do the – you know, where the lock goes in, there's even black mold there. Uh, the sink fell through. She can't get anything fixed. The plumbing that broke, the uh, – uh, washer that overflowed because she's embarrassed to bring a plumber in. And then you're afraid that they'll, they'll call uh, the health department or right. a psychiatrist right. or the, you know, DeKalb County and do an, inf- you know, do you get it. Yeah. So there's, then they start worrying about spiral. the myriad exactly yeah, yeah. of things that can it, happen it, it to them. It leads to other things. I then, can totally see that worry. And then the shame of telling us, even her best friends, because you, you, you're in here, you're in my offices, mm-hmm. Bailey, and you're also in our home. Yeah. And, you know, she comes into these beautiful places that are neat and clean and organized. Right. And, and it increased her shame, which I didn't know. You know, yeah. none of us knew. So all this energy, her whole life had been. So we tried to do an intervention, ask if we could, you know, get one of those things delivered. We'd go out on a Saturday and Sunday with gloves and do, but that yeah. did not work for years. So now I want to be clear. This is in one end of the clutter spectrum. spectrum. Right, right. This is an extreme. This is an extreme. Sorts, yeah. But it was my first big, 
gut thing back at the church, and this was my second big gut thing of personally loving and knowing someone. Right, right. And then you have your garden variety uh, clutters, like mm-hmm. my daughter, <laughs> who's a doctor, who's cleaning, cleaning and scrubs at work, and amazing and perfect, and one of the greatest docs that ever lived. And honey, when you go into that house, hazmat, hazmat alert, hazmat alert. And um, and so it's like, whoa. Oh, you're such her mom. <laughs> whoa. My husband will not even, her dad, won't even go down there anymore at really? all. Oh. So, yeah, it, it's caused, and it does cause, I'm telling you, we've been in family counseling. You can joke about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah. And and, and it, this is how it pans out in a family for you, for your future use when you guys have, <laughs> yeah. you have kids, is that it's my house, it's my, per, you know, it's my power, it's my choice. It is. All valid, of that is so frigging true. And the other side of the coin is, remember, what I do for a living is psychology, spirituality. So I'm You're worried. You're looking at the mess. You're Thank looking you. at. Thank uh, you. I'm looking at the soul like, living yeah, in this. And yeah, what does it mean? Yeah. Then you have my husband, who's a physician, who's looking at it in the old metaphors of his Baptist upbringing. Cleanliness is next, next to, to godliness. godliness. <laughs> yes. God. A cluttered a mind is a mind of the devil. <laughs> so he's got all this junk <laughs> swirling around in this cesspool of a mind. I'm kidding, darling. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but so everybody's issues, isn't it cool? Yeah. How isn't clutter just fascinating? How it can drill down. Think about this as cool. Be yeah. the hawk and think over this. Mm-hmm. Soar. Isn't it amazing? Some simple thing like clutter. You think, oh, clutter. But look what you and I are talking about now from the beginning of where oh, we started talking. Oh, it reveals talking. layers. There's layers for sure. Yeah. And, and we've gone through a few different layers right, cause too. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. – and I'll be honest with you. A lot of people that come in our home, what this brought up for me when I really started studying this as a stress issue – was a lot of people like us, but they acted like strange after they came into our home. I'm very serious. These were friends or mm-hmm, parties mm-hmm. we'd have. After the first time they came Yeah. In? And they'd come through our house or look at, you know, you know, I collect, you know, artifacts antiquities and, and artifacts yeah, yeah. and things. And, um, you know, it's just who we are, very neat and organized. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't realize it. I just thought it was who we be. I didn't know it would bring up other people's issues. I really that's how naivete or whatever. Right. I thought that we had halitosis. They didn't like what I was serving. But but the reason I'm mentioning this is clutter or no clutter brings up all of our issues. And isn't it interesting? It's the way our adaptation, our DNA from the beginning of humankind is organized. Okay, so now let's go back to adaptation. Right. If we lived in a tribe mm-hmm. and we each had our little hut. Okay. Now, if you were a filthy over where you are, mm-hmm. disease, you had a menstrual period, you were cut on a hunt, your arm, yeah, an infection. Yeah, yeah and you piled up your rags or the leaves or whatever, it would grow and could grow mold and things that would infect the other part of the tribe, right? Thus affecting everyone. So risk affecting everyone, exactly. Mm -hmm. Then the other side is you could become, and your family and that hut could become more immune compromised, immunoglobulins and all that, because of that risk, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you can contagion just like contagious. So the adaptation thing in our brain, our souls. It goes back. Yeah. Our, yeah so yeah. this is taking judgment out of it, right? You right, and I, right, you and yeah. I are this going back like to This was like a self-preservation thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That our brain immediately, isn't this cool, mm-hmm. identifies disorganization and clutter and goes red alert, red alert, red alert. Isn't this cool? Yeah. And even our smell, whether it's blood or feces or rot, uh, decomposition, mm-hmm. necrotic. You know, look at dogs and animals. First thing they do is smell. They can smell any of that. Right. And it's because if it's death, you stay away from it and you would never eat it. Right. Exactly. And and exactly. so I'm just saying that clutter, you and I are really drilling down, but I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I don't know. I'm. I'm yeah. And it's. It, it. This is what I love about it, our podcast. None of this, by the way, is ever, ever, is it planned? No, no. Heavens no. He and I have like a dart board and we start <laughs> off with a topic and we throw the dart and then. And sometimes it hits the wall. It's and then we go the get board. caffeine and coffee. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I have the research. But I think this is like taking it all the way back. This is why this is why, you know, because we we say we're approaching it of a place of no judgment. And and we, you know, as humanity can't have gotten to that point. But the the root of it goes back to what you're saying to this survival type living adaptation. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you know, I I think that's we're now at a place in in our society and in humanity to where. 
it, it isn't a threat mm-hmm. uh, necessarily um, whenever you see clutter. But I think that could be the root of the judgment that some people feel. Right, and, but you and, understand. So, so it's it's a survival mechanism. Of course, it, it is adaptation right. yeah. at the so highest it, it level. It goes all the way back. Yeah. And, and the other complication, I'll throw this in uh, because again, as you and I say, this is always spontaneous, yeah. and I hadn't thought about it. Is when we have the dollar stores, the Marshalls, the Targets, the Costcos, we are collecting more clutter and more stuff as consumers and bringing point. it into our home. Great point. So for an example, I'm going to use a current example of I buy, bought, I think, two sweaters in the fall. Okay? Two nice sweaters. Okay. And this is no judgment. Someone else I know bought five sweaters for $5 at Walmart, mm. then bought three sweaters at Costco, do you see, and two at Marshall's. So less expensive, thinner material, whatever. Okay, I understand. Right. But so now we have, let's say, 10 sweaters to two. Now, the point is, is really, if you dollar cost average, it's the same cost. Right. Exactly. And so, so, and these are sustainable two sweaters that'll go on You'll 20 wear years. Next season. Well, 10, and 20 years. Season, yeah, and exactly. the next season. And this person will buy 10 more. And next this year. has to do with clutter because yeah. then next year, when they come out with new colors, new fabric, you're going to buy 10 more. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Yeah. So then you have 20 sweaters, which is clutter, get rid of it, refuse garbage pile. So mm-hmm. this is as a society and as a world with climate change and everything else we're dealing with. Yeah. No judgment. It's just an interesting when we're talking about clutter, how we're creating by our choices more clutter. I agree. It's something that needs to be in people's conscious because I mean we won't we have a finite amount of space. Right. You know, we have once we fill it up, that's it. I think that that's a good point. Um a good point as well. And I think that um what I've learned about clutter is I have a couple friends in my tribe that I also noticed we never got invited over and this mm. and that over you. I noticed that it there was a whole lot of worrying about me judging them because our home was one way and if I walked into their home it could be different. And not socioeconomically, clutter. Right. And um so I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And an interesting thing to perceive. Um, so that's embarrassment and isolation. And needless to say, it causes isolation. I mean, Agreed. you know, because the shame and everything else Agreed. involved. And there's another thing, slip and falls. It's very dangerous to have clutter everywhere because, you know, you, you're crawling over this friend of mine who became mm-hmm. um, this person that just really got overwhelmed with clutter. She had some falls, uh, had, uh, by the way, started developing some lung disease. Fact. Breathing uh, in the spores, yeah, or yeah, and then after and several years, um, uh, you know, has pretty significant heart disease now, which we're dealing with, and I adore her and love her and That's worship terrible. her. So this is a hard thing to deal with, and I'm I'm not saying it's all clutter. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying that the exacerbation of it does not help exactly. with um, the science of it. And then I think there's an interesting story and in a study on neatness, neatness, excuse me, and decluttering and generosity. There's a study that showed. Volunteers who filled out surveys in a neat room, now this is interesting, Hmm. were more likely to say they wanted to donate to a charity compared to those who were questioned and filled out the same exact questionnaire in a messy room. Is that not interesting? Wow, that is interesting. That they, and it was almost wanted to give two times as much, whether it was their time, money, energy. Isn't that interesting? That we actually want to uh, open up and be more altruistic. So interesting. This wow. Is a, this is a brain soul thing. Isn't it cool? Yeah, that's that's some deep stuff right there. That's um, that's a 30-minute conversation in and of itself. And and I feel like I could find applications in other areas, right. too, like um, cleanliness. Uh, like, for example, I work at a recording studio. Um, every time a client comes to the studio, it looks the exact same as the last time they arrived to the studio. That is our objective. Wow. We give you a blank thing. It looks as if nothing has happened since you've been there. Really? And, and you're talking about the openness. How mindful well, is that? Well, a studio is yeah. is a playground for creativity. Right. So, so we want it to maintain this familiarity constant. So you too? come in right. and you can just go creative overload. I didn't know so, this. so it's cool because I think there's hundreds of other different scenarios in which uh, in which that could be altruistic. Yeah. That's really interesting. It also affects memory issues. We look at research that shows cluttered people who live in cluttered homes, they have poor working memory. And our research Mm. really details that. 
And again, here we look with distraction. I can see that. Do you remember? Because we talked about oh, yeah, the totally. other research study that said they're distracted. And that makes sense, right? Because is working memory like a short-term memory? I'm not familiar with that term. Working memory is, yes. Like memory. where, 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 where everything is, type. where you put everything, yeah, everything's okay. gone. Well, and you can imagine the frustration of looking. Also cluttering, you're spending your time looking for keys, looking yeah, for the scissors, or the the scissors yeah, your yeah. phone, whatever. Shoot, yeah. One shoe, two shoes, yeah. and whatever you're looking for. That in itself is, I know we all know, frustrating. Oh, yeah. And um, it's linked to weight gain. We see that people that clutter and people that hoard, um, it leads to a higher BMI, binge eating disorders. They weigh uh, 10% more than other people and then start gaining weight that they cannot take off. Wow, that's their, a- edi- their adipose tissue, their fat cells in their abdomen is bigger. Are bigger. Is this not interesting? Yeah, that, that's wild. And I think it's interesting that we're talking about abdominal fat and adipose tissue too because if you think about where that is, it's almost like a pregnancy. Isn't this interesting? It's hmm. like I'm carrying this clutter. Ah. I'm carrying this baby. I'm carrying yeah, this, yeah. This, this weight. weight. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And then finally, another um, research study, which I found interesting, was insomnia. There's a direct link between clutter and insomnia that, uh, you know, when you have clutter in a house, the brain does not want to release. It's attached to the clutter. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. And so uh, your REM the time it takes you to go to sleep. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, if you get up to go to the bathroom at night, your brain has to, for survival, again, adaptation, it has to navigate to go to the bathroom through the clutter. Do you see what I mean? Or whatever and back. So you're making it work harder. That's prolonging the amount of time before you get to go back to that restful Isn't state. That, in- that totally makes sense. I just love this. Stuff. Yeah. Because before These you... Are and- correlations I would never make on my own, but after re- you reading those studies uh, findings to me, it's it's logical. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm able to see the connect. No, nothing I would come on my own, but wow, those are the most interesting facts in my mind yeah. are the ones that are palpable like that. Wow. And, the, and then That's also, wild. you know, the emotional load. Uh, what we know is research shows that uh, there, of course, people that are cluttered, uh, experience clutter, not necessarily hoarding, but real clutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have anxiety disorders. They have more depression. They have feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness. You can understand that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, irritability, um, loss of pleasure in regular activities because hmm. they live on overload. Right. And they're constantly overwhelmed because if you have 10,000 newspapers stacked up and the Atlanta Journal Constitution is still coming, or good housekeeping or whatever stops. it is. It, it comes never every day. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I could I could totally see how that could be extremely overwhelming and just and, crippling. And, and just chronic fatigue and difficulty concentrating. So for me, just in what we've talked about so far, I have so much compassion for this is again, as you and I always say, no judgment zone here. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. We're total, coming as we are here, man. Oh like total compassion. Mm-hmm. And um and what I wanted to say was um, I heard you and Vana talking about even when you leave here, how you put your cords away and how organized you oh, are. Yeah. And when you come in and we do our podcasts or any work you do with the company and, and our people here, to me, it is just like a holy ritual to watch your declutter organization. <laughs> he comes in here and, and again, growing up Catholic as a little girl, uh-huh. sitting in the third row, mm-hmm. nine people took up the whole pew. Yeah. I had a first range <laughs> view. But to me, when Bailey sets all this up and, and has his, this table is like an altar for him, you should see it. And his equipment, his earphones, his Mac, everything is just like the. It reminds me archetypally. Check out the coil on the ground of the cable. I you see know? it. Yes, yes, it's perfect. I wish you could see a picture. We'll have to start taking pictures. Yeah, we we'll should. have to have links to the pictures we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just again flashback. I told him this was not prearranged. Nothing mm. we ever do is never prearranged. <laughs> We've tried. <laughs> We've tried. It doesn't work with us. Nope. Little caffeine, and we're up and ready, yeah, yeah. just like a Delta jet. Yeah. Is is that it's. It reminded me of the priest when the chalice is there and shining and and you have the linens that are starched and everything is when you're especially a child, the the awe of the transubstantiation that's happening mm-hmm. up there. Then after it was over and he left and then the, the uh, deacon or whoever it was came in at the end and or the nun and cleaned it up. Everything was perfectly neatly put away in its place. Yeah. And you sat there as a kid in awe. It reminds me of you, that you may not see. I'm observing you right. different than the way you're experiencing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That I watched you, and today when we did clutter, and we decided to do this, I watched you put everything in its place, 
put the chalice, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. the uh, microphone mm-hmm. here in the middle of your altar, yeah. and watched everything so exquisitely put away. And then I thought, and when he leaves, I witness the process of the benediction, you know, he, yeah. him blessing this place before exactly. he leaves. And it's just unbelievable. And again, this ties in with the beauty of of uh, his practice, his business practice, mm-hmm. his spiritual practice. It's a physical practice. Yeah. And think about it. It keeps your head clear that when you come here, you're ready to execute. You're not digging for chords, digging for this, digging for. Yeah. I Wow. Uh, when you told me that, uh, I'm just over here beaming because uh, I just consider that such a high form of praise from you, from anyone, really, that it's almost like a religious experience. But like I said um working at a studio that, you know, everything is the same. I I adopt that principle at my home studio. Whenever clients come in, it looks the same every time. I I just feel like if there's something that I can, if I can provide that consistency, you know, then that gives us, I'm not worried about where the cables are. I'm not worried about how the cables run here, where the mic is placed. Mm -hmm. All that's done ahead of time so that we can get to the most important thing, which is the dialogue that we have with each other and that we have with you folks out there listening to us. That's a good point. It does. It focuses. So that that enables us us to have that creative and just kind of like, you know, we don't plan any of it. We try to plan this, but like you said, we riff 90% of the time. Absolutely. And I think that if... The computer wasn't in the same place every time and the headphones weren't in the point. same place every time. That would just be another factor. And none of that matters. It only matters like that we're able to talk to each other and we're able to talk to you out I there. Never, I didn't you know? think about that. That's beautiful. So um, oh. that's the justification for it in my mind. And also whenever I clean up and this room goes back to exactly the way I found it before – that's just me being gracious that you've opened up your offices and your homes to me, and I want to make sure I get an invitation back next time. Oh, you how know? beautiful. That's me trying to leave this place better than what I found it. And oh. that's that was instilled in well, me. Well, now I'm going to cry. Hey, mission I love accomplished. That. I was trying to get some tears out of you. <laughs> and, and he knows when you come into the front of this building, mm. it has the hermitage. Oh, you yeah. Know, which is the name of the place. And when you come in, as he would tell you probably, everything is the same, whether it's artwork, isn't it? It's the same. Exactly. And, and it's a rhythm and a cadence. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And again, from teaching early church history and pre-Reformation theology when I was at Emory and everything else and teaching world religions, remember, your home back then is where you had church. There, we didn't right. have churches right. back, yeah. way back. Yeah. And so it would be at Bailey's home, Kathleen's home, and you rotated it. Mm -hmm. Uh, pre-Hellenic period, pre-325, 340, before we started building churches. So, of course, your home was – everybody in the community was going to be there. Exactly. Whether you broke bread, whether you read scripture, whatever you did, fellowship. They came in, and so there was an ebb and a flow. Mm -hmm. Everybody wove in and out of each other's lives. So our home here is exactly as I taught, as you well know. Even if you come in, we can do a whole – again, you and I, another podcast – uh, your home is your sanctuary. It is your womb. And when you oh, come yeah. in, I even have, what, 100-year-old uh, water fountains of angels as you come in. Oh, yeah. yeah that I yeah. used to even keep water in that if you wanted to bless yourself or make the sign of the cross when you entered or exited the home. Because you are leaving and entering holy space that I intentionally keep decluttered, a rhythm, intentionally. organized, so that whatever souls come in here, I want to keep this vibrational frequency, mm-hmm. this energy yeah. at such a peaceful, high, serene level that whatever issues, whatever love, anger, shame, fear, that it feels totally safe. Yeah. And when you declutter and have this kind of a place and hold the space, yeah. sacred mm-hmm. space, then just like you holding the space here for us to be spontaneous and mm-hmm. open and yeah. free and connected to the spirit world. Same exact yeah, parallel. It's, it's the same flow. And if you look at physics... It's really the same way. It's the same way that electrons and uh, when you have a thought and it's tied with a, you know electrical spark and tied with a chemical reaction in your body. Right. It's the same type of physics. Mm-hmm. So, and thank you for being mindful and noticing that everything in this home is kept and it's, and it's a vigilant thing, not hypervigilant. It's a daily it's practice. Yeah, it's, inten- it's, it's intentional. It, and it's, it's a spiritual practice. That it's intentional. Yeah, yeah. very much. I, I, you know, whenever I walk into this room, the room that we uh, record the podcast in, um, uh, every time I walk in, I see Christmas trees on the carpet 
which is the telltale sign of a vacuum carpet. That was something that was instilled into me as probably five or six years old when my mom was teaching me how to vacuum. God bless her. She taught me so early how to use the vacuum. And she was like, it's not right until you see the Christmas trees, John. That's what it was. So uh, that's why also whenever I come in here, I feel like I try to be so delicate because I'm walking in and just bringing in my footprints and stuff. And I'm like, well, I got to do something to bring this back to what it was. You ought to leave. I bet I guarantee you if you started leaving a vacuum in here, I'd vacuum before I left. Just Uh, uh, you could uh, throw that out. You know, but isn't it interesting? Look at us doing this podcast. I never thought of this before. Part of our unfolding in this room with what we do is this clean slate. Oh, yes. I didn't think about it. Oh, no, I think I think that's a high attribute to it. I mean, seriously, like everything. Well, you're in this entire building is very intentional. And it's just that that will permeate whatever is done. That intentionality. That's a word. And and what we're saying is this is not special him and his recording thing. This is not special me, this place, our office, the hermitage. You can do this, too, today. Yeah. Okay. Here we're talking about February, March. Changing your life. Mm-hmm. We talked about this is an opportune time. Please, if you don't believe and energetically make and practice your home being your synagogue, your temple, your, your sanctuary, your nest, your womb, whatever term suits you mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. theology, spirituality, psychological construct, right? please, it is the opportunity of a lifetime. And to, and I cannot tell you. Uh, in a long marriage like we've had, how fights up and down, leaving each other, me wanting a divorce, not making up, loving, falling mm. back in love madly again. Do not underestimate the clean slate of this this home, this womb that we've created right. where we meet, where we don't have a lot of clutter, even confusing us even more. Yeah. And even in arguments like, there are your socks. There's this. Why do you have 20 stacks of newspapers? It distracts you from the real things that are going on. Oh, that's good. Distraction is a good word. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're focused on the socks or the dirty dishes or or, or whatever, it it just, it, there's always something a layer deeper than that. So it enables you to get to that. Well, and and you're a creator. Um, I think it's interesting. I had a big, huge speech uh, to give yesterday. And during it, uh, Andrew had to go through Google Drive and retrieve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And she said, holy God. She said, did you know you wrote two books, one in 2009, and you wrote another book in 2014? And I found them. I went, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then she said, and do you know that I found like a thousand more articles and I found blah, 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 blah. And, um, and she said, how in God's name with everything that you do, did you do this? And I'm, this is hitting me right now. This yeah. is our spontaneous gift of this podcast yeah, for each yeah. of us. It's because of this openness of this. See, like after you leave, when I have all these new ideas that I haven't thought about before. You just get to have a catharsis. Yeah, I go into the back, you know, that beautiful porch, and I'll sit there, handwritten, and put notes from Bailey, da-da-da-da-da, and it'll be an outline. And this has been a practice probably for 40 years. Yeah. And then later, my brain will gather around clutter. Or organization, or yeah. color. What do colors mean in your spiritual? Blah blah. Whatever the topic is. Yeah. And again, I hadn't thought about it till right now. That maybe part of my incredibly creative life and my husband's tremendously peaceful, productive life. Yeah. Has been this. Now that I, I've never thought about it in this construct. Yeah. You think about it. You go. You you come out. You come inside from a world where you have zero control. Wow. You know. Control. That's I mean, because, you know, we've we've discussed this in the past, too. That's, you know, when you lose control, that's whenever stress begins. So, right, like, exactly. you come out of this place, you have no control in. And then, I mean, you were the master of this domain if you're fortunate enough to be in a physical home. You and, know? I, and I want to press this, too, because I've had one. I've been on television shows and radio shows and all kinds of stuff in my amazingly blessed life. I've had people irate women call in. And go, how dare you? You have a house. I live in a tiny apartment. How dare you tell me or give me? And and that's an excuse. Sorry, I'm going to call you out on that. I don't care. I have lived in my $300 a month efficiency (laughs) apartment with a baby and no money and on bed rest and a sick baby. And so I I, I, no money, no nothing. I don't want to hear excuses and right. you know me i'm the no excuse person no yeah yeah and um Ain't and, nobody and, got time for that yeah uh, stop it yeah. that's why it's important right now 
this time of year, February, in the winter. Um, it's not for us. It's for you. It, exactly. And, and you know, there's a reason it's winter right now. It's a mm-hmm. time spiritually of lying and follow, follow. Look at the trees. Look at everything. It's They're naked. They mm-hmm. have surrendered their leaves, their roots, their lives. They're lying follow. They're sleeping, receiving, surrendering, listening. Preparing for preparing the rebirth. Preparing for the This, please, mirror nature right now. That's yeah. what Bailey and I are kind of asking all of us as a globe, not just yeah. the United States, not just here in Atlanta. Trust this, trust the process, trust the seasonal process. Yep. This is lying fallow. Look at the clutter in your lives. And that's going to lead us to, I've segmented it for our, you know, we always try to shift to a tip or info yeah. or whatever yeah. part of clearing the clutter. So I've done it on uh, three different levels of mind and your home work and technology okay so just just to give you a little simple yeah and start small one mm-hmm. tiny thing yeah. <laughs> like if it's um not leaving dishes in your bedroom at night if it's before you go to bed we have a rule we never leave dishes in the sink right you know whatever the spiritual practice is you know uh, i may have 20 piles of clothes when i go to bed from taking off three times during the day yeah. for interviews or whatever i do and when I go to bed at night, I'm tired and my Jack Russells are laying on, you know, three pair of slacks or whatever. But I got news for you. When I get up like in the morning, <laughs> that stuff's getting put up or in the washing machine. You better believe it. And and if it, and if then I have another pile since he knows I have dogs, cats, everything but elephants in this house. <laughs> Everything's covered with hair. Then I have a pile for rollers that I'm going to have to roll hair off of it, you know, oh. before I wear it again. Oh, yeah. But the point is, is it's it's really organizing and decluttering in a way. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I have a place in the washroom for those that aren't dirty, but they need de-haired. So, okay, let's begin with cluttering your mind. Okay. Instead of leaving, you know, if you're shooting us a bird or, or you know, drawing pictures about us right now, and going, they don't live my life and my house is just a pizza. <laughs> okay. Stop it right now. Let's get a new mind straight, you know, new mind construct. Mm-hmm. Decluttering is an adventure. You're a superhero. You're going off into a journey. So whether it's your garage, your bedroom, a drawer in your kitchen, Mm -hmm. okay, you're on an adventure. Be optimistic, open-minded, experience this as a decluttering journey. It's a new life, okay? One step at a time. No big deal. Start off with a drawer. Start off with a freezer. I don't care where you start. Where you need to start, your porch. Okay, so that's number one. Adventure. This is not an indictment. This is not another, I have, I listen to their podcasts. I have one more thing to do in my life. No, stop it. Okay. It's an adventure. Yeah. And it's an, and by the way, it's a journey to freedom. Yes. Yeah, this this is the road to freedom. Yeah, and like you said, start with the junk drawers. Start with them, um, you know, like the place where, like, start with the door of your refrigerator. Amen, Get rid baby. of some of those Ooh, That's a good small one. Just the you door. Know, like, oh, I love that. that. I love that. That's great. Pull out the uh, vegetable drawers and just wipe them out. Yeah, do I that mean, once. I mean, you I got like... some uh, teriyaki sauce last night. Went to put it on. It smelled a little rank. I looked at it. I mean, it was only 2015. <laughs> and so I tried to talk myself into... Dijon mustard may, yeah, from may, 20 years ago. <laughs> may, maybe, it's, maybe it's like fine wine. Yeah. And then my husband called me from the hospital, and, and I told him, and he was like, throw that stuff away. <laughs> he said, it's rancid. I'll come home and you'll that's be dead. Jim. <laughs> yes, I went, oh, okay, honey. He said, clean out that refrigerator. I said, yes, darling. Okay, I got that. So we're, now we're on the mind. Meditation and guided imagery. Begin mm-hmm, to learn mm-hmm, to clear mm-hmm. your mind by taking a meditation or a guided imagery class. I love on iTunes. You download it. Her name is Bella Ruth Naprasak. You can go to our site. Her name is there. You can email us. We'll give you. She's the best. I love her. I've used her and trained under her for 25 years. She started out, she was one of the first people in this whole stuff, uh, guided imagery. She was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland Clinic started with cancer patients, an amazing human being. Uh, but anyway, guided imagery, Calm app, all of them have oh, guided yeah. imagery yeah. stuff. Clear your mind. Meditation, you can go on to our app. You can go on to our site, ourmln.com. We've got all kinds of meditation and guided imagery stuff for you. Next, clearing rituals. Create or learn clearing rituals. You may want to take a shower or a bath with your favorite fragrance and mm. imagine your worries and stresses, stresses going down the drain. Light a candle in your home and imagine the flame is clearing your space. I just told Bailey we had a bunch of people here that stayed for a few weeks, strangers, people I n- did not know. But I thought, well, I'll just try something new. <laughs> and I will bring these people from Pennsylvania, New York, and Chicago into my home and let them stay here till they find a place. Well... Some stuff happened. I won't go into the thing, but I they left, and my scientific husband, who is not a you know, he's, this isn't his practice. What I do, he's, yeah. he's a medical doctor. Yeah. But he immediately said, "You need to smudge the house." 
He said, you need, we need to do this. I'll do it with you. We went through with the needle feather, with sage, with uh, drum, everything, every floor, every room. And, um, and I do it all four seasons, the first day of spring, the first day of summer, mm. fall, winter. And again, uh, in my experience, I have lived with uh, native tribes. I've lived with healers and stuff, and and it is a core spiritual practice of them. So uh, I be- totally believe in clearing rituals. Also, clearing space every two hours. Stop. Take deep breaths. Inhale. Exhale. You know your lungs, and exhale your worries and your racing thoughts. Again, get an app you love to remind you about clearing every two hours. I don't care if it's listening to your favorite music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a favorite shamanic drumming app. Listen to it for two minutes. Listen to nature sounds. For, listen yeah. to ocean sounds. You can go to the Mindful Living app. Our app is fabulous. By the way, our podcasts are on there also. Sh- but anyway, well. shameless plug. <laughs> clear your mind. Next is clear your home. Resources are everywhere. Oh, yeah. Clutter is a human problem. So don't feel special or why me or what's wrong. Stop it. We all do it. Oh, yeah. If you're taking a breath, you're human. Why do you think we have so much to talk about on this (laughs) subject? You know, I mean, so like like we said, a place of no judgment. We've been through it. Yeah. And the other thing is we live in a world of resources. Google. Yeah. Books, tapes, YouTube. Mm -hmm. There are resources everywhere for decluttering and organizing. You are not alone. Again, videos on YouTube, consultants you can hire. A friend of mine got so overwhelmed. She had a diagnosis. Uh, cause all of her declutter, I mean, clutter and life led to her being sick. Wow. Uh, she was overwhelmed, did not, was on overload. Okay. No YouTube for her. No, nothing. We just picked up the phone. It was inexpensive. We hired a decluttering person. She came in. I swear to God to you within one week, I wept at the difference in not only her house, yeah, Helen's house, but in her life. Yeah. She went on and went from, I won't, it was a significant diagnosis. Four months later, remission, everything wonderful, wow. life changing. Okay, was it the chicken or the egg? She took control of her life. This. Who's to say? Exa- but I think the results speak but for themselves. Brought yeah. up, this brought up a flashpoint. She'd yeah. been living this way her whole life. Yeah. Uh, overwhelmed. Coincidence. Couldn't do it herself. Yeah. Take the money. It's one of the biggest investments. Hire. These declutter people are amazing. <laughs> they change your life. I hired one when I moved into this house. Really? You've been to my storage room. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Paul did that. I, I was moving in, and I was moving all the stuff from the farm. I've I was, had to retrieve something from back there. Like, everything's labeled and, like, these plastic Not bins. me, baby. That was Paul. He came here and lovingly did it. Mm-hmm. He sang, whistled. So, here. This is not my deal. Yeah. I don't clean up crap like this. <laughs> he joyfully – this. he said – Dr. Hall, this is my calling. He did. He said, I love junk and clutter. He said, the minute I do, my brain starts organizing it. I kissed him, (laughs) paid him double what he billed me for. And so please. Go nuts, buddy. Yeah, you're not alone. They're everywhere. Hire somebody. Next is box it up. There are boxes everywhere. Okay, get your neighbor's Amazon boxes (laughs) that are out in the trash to be recycled. Put them them to some good use. Put them to some good use. Organize. Get yourself a Sharpie. Have your family do it. Organize it. Okay, box it up. If you can't do it today, again, get a storage unit. Don't get it permanently. Get get a timetable on it. One month, three months. Because if you do it in perpetuity, you won't go back. So yeah, make it happen where it's Remind short me term to invest in one of those places yeah and go there put it there and then force yourself and it, it either goes into the pile to go back home it goes to be given away to a charity yep. or to a neighborhood yard sale and again you can go on facebook and everywhere the next door app there are always places oh, yeah. people are having these sales and they would totally. love to have your things or pick up the phone and call the kidney foundation salvation and army whatever they'll pick, pick it, up. it up for you they yeah. do they pick it up and then um designer organizer the designer organizers these are California, you know, closets. These are people that build shelves, cabinets to organize. They used to be tremendously expensive. It would be like thousands of dollars to have these people come in your house. You can go to Ikea, drop like two hundo and like completely revamp your Exactly. You can go Costco. I'm very serious. You can go to a zillion places now and buy these yourself and they snap together. Again, it's very sturdy now. Yeah. It's not something to throw away in the trash in two to three years. They'll last you a good twenty years. So invest in that. And then next on your home baby steps. You didn't get her overnight. 
it's going to take you a while, okay? If if it's everywhere, right? And imagine again, please, you're on some spiritual, wonderful. Think of some Odyssey, whether it's an Avalon thing in your head, yeah. Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars freak, <laughs> I don't care. Guilty. Yeah, which um, the Iliad? I, I don't know. Whatever yeah. fantasy you have, Wonder Woman, but make it a journey, and there is going to be a blessing. And a freedom with every step of the way, I promise you that. Mm-hmm. One room at a time, one drawer at a time, one closet at a time, one day at a time, okay? And then be graceful. And by that, I mean small G-R-A-C-E and large capital F-U-L-L. Ah. Be full of grace. Be kind and gentle with yourself during this process. Get an ice cream cone, get a pedicure, take a bath, Look at the five bags you did on Saturday afternoon. Oh, yes. Stop along the way. Prop your feet up. Celebrate the decluttering, freeing, and liberating your mind, your body, and your soul. I love it. And finally, work. Declutter your workspace. Clear off your desk. What we know, we have great studies that show that people that come in the morning with clean desks are twice as productive. Fact. Boom. That's reason enough. More successful. Happier, the employees and bosses that come in know you take your work seriously. Exactly. It it is a mirror. Your desk is a mirror of what's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. Second is beauty. It's your work. Use your favorite color. The photos you love, plants you love, spreads, pillows if you have a little couch or a chair. Once you claim your workspace as a place of beauty and creativity, organization and efficiency, your entire life will change. And... Everybody at work is going to change. I have helped people. I helped somebody at uh, Oprah Studios at one point go in there, and it changed her health. It changed her marriage. It changed a child. It it changed everything that we went in there, got her favorite color, got her favorite uh, pictures we blew up, Mm -hmm. a can of paint, took ownership, bought some inexpensive pillows. Uh, I, I can't even tell you how that room changed and, and how much of an investment was that financially? I think it was time. right at three hundred dollars, maybe, maybe two fifty, and maybe a day. Oh, exactly. And and and, and, and the quality of life. What a small investment oh. for what a great ROI. Well, and it turned out amazingly because that was, I think, my first Oprah show, and then it turned into us falling <laughs> in love with each other. And yeah. and I just lived there in uh-huh. a revolving door for yeah. a long time. And it wasn't just because of quid pro quo; it was because life changed for exactly. all of us yeah. out of love. Um, and last is tasks. Don't forget to get rid of the clutter on your computer, your emails, and this mm. is technology, Yo your yeah. apps. My husband went to use one of my apps the other night, and he said, you have 62 apps on your iPad. And I knew we were going to do clutter, and I burst out laughing. And he said, I said, I know. I'm flooded. I got to go through every app and get rid of them and some iOS updates. Oh, and yeah. What the hell, Jim? And he's like, that's what happens to people like you that get apps. I've only got four apps on my phone. And I went, yeah, you're Tarzan and prehistoric sugar. Yeah, Neanderthal, yeah. man. <laughs> no, thanks. Anyway, um, so that's one of my spring clearing is not the house. I'm pretty, as you well know, psychologically, spiritually, okay. But when I looked at those apps, I went, so, so any of us are going to show up, I think. Don't you think? Somewhere on this oh, I think, little I think tip list I made. with one of those or more. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, you know, I do a lot of work inside the box technology and stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, clearing email, that's a big one. Uh, also, you know, I work with audio and recording and stuff like that. Um, one thing that's been great working with you is, is, a byproduct of your organization has rubbed off on me is my organization of just file management inside a computer. It's so important, especially in a field like this. I think in many fields. Yeah, and I won't name a name, but one of my our staff people, our team, mm-hmm. that she's great at helping me create content, yeah. but just throws it on Google Drive. So when I want something, and her comment always is, just put it in the search. Well, I'll take 50% of the time, it mm. won't show up. In the search because it's a different terminology or whatever. And I said, here's the hobgloblin of success. Right. You can create all the content and like you in the music business. But what if you can't access it? But if you can't access it, and I said, it's a cost-benefit ratio. Mm-hmm. I own this company yeah. or companies. Mm-hmm. I have spent time, energy, money, your salary, mm-hmm. me creating the content, me getting an interview on CBS, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay, this was a, a cost center, yeah. an expense center, and a creative content center Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if it goes down into the bottom of a black hole 
all of that is it does, lost. It does nothing for us. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, I don't care if it's three sentences. I want it labeled. Yeah, yeah. Put and in I the right place. Exactly. And accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So t- to me, I think that's one of the, because I know you know this, when you deal with tech people that work with you, mm-hmm. for you on the team, lots of times um, they'll throw, do the stuff, do, or anybody, do the task and throw it in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, did my check, did that. That was on my check, did that. And then they throw it in a wastebasket, like a wastebasket yeah. for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But if it's not accessible, like your music or the stuff you need, what's it worth? It's worth nothing. And um, and I think a lot of people maybe listening can relate to that because a lot of people rely on technology in the workplace and stuff like that. So, yeah, do yourself a favor. Clean out your email inbox. It'll take you two hours. But, man, that feeling when you have zero unread emails. Whew, well, and I have one. probably 500 a day, 800 yeah. a day. Yeah. See, so if I don't. If you don't stay on top oh of my it, God. you're gonna to, you're gonna drown. Yeah, like I was yeah. sick, as you well know, and I I oh, skipped you, a couple days, and it was maybe yeah, it was six thousand or something <laughs> oh like that, seven thousand. So um, so yeah, you it's it, but but instead of dreading it though, and the stress that I used to, now again I take it as a spiritual practice. I take it that you're wow, Wonder Woman on an adventure, I, I, man. I, yeah, exactly. I yeah. take it like fifty at a time and go. Maybe I got a note for my aunt. Yeah, or maybe somebody at CNBC. Mm-hmm. You know, after that article, get it? Yeah, yeah. I have to look at it like, or maybe my sister. You know, da 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 da. It's like opening presents. Yeah. Almost. yeah, yeah. So, but I, yeah. but again, attitude. That's key, man. That's key. Okay. Well, again, we didn't know where we were going. Yeah, we started we off with a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it. Just like a, you know, decluttering's a journey. Every every time we do a podcast, it's a journey. We'll never uh, know where we end. Well, I was a swimmer. Um, Competitive swimmer yeah, in, yeah, in uh, grade school and high school in Florida, went to state and all that stuff. But anyway, so I have the mind of one. So how I think of it now, when you and I come in here, I think of it like I train, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trained. I did backstroke. And uh, you get up on the block. And when you and I are up on the block is when we come in and you turn this switch. Yeah, recording. And then we <laughs> jump into this pool, <laughs> except... What I did had lanes in it, yeah. and it, you were disqualified. This is, this is a friggin' free-for-all, man. <laughs> and, and it's not a rectangle. It's a circular circle. Yeah, it's like an amoeba-ish yeah, type yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. But I, I just thought it, I'd tell you that that image of us is uh, it, no lanes, no nothing, no timer. <laughs> no timer. <laughs> no how many strokes per second? Mm-mm, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, your backflip when you got to the end took to 1.2 seconds too long. Mm-hmm. Nah, we just jump in and do and, what we do. And as my husband said, sometimes I call it the Holy Spirit. My husband, growing up Baptist, and he laughs at me. He calls it the Holy Go. He said, <laughs> "Honey, I listened to you and Bailey." <laughs> He's from South South Georgia. That's a pretty good impression. Yeah, anyway, it is. He, <laughs> yeah, Bailey yeah, doesn't. And. All I want to tell you, my upon reflection, upon reflection. upon reflection, he said, you guys take off. And he said, I don't know if you guys know this, but I think the Holy Ghost takes over at times. And I <laughs> laughed my, you know what, off. I said, oh, honey, so good. I do love you so precious after 45 years. I love you more every day because yeah. you're just adorable. That's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Guys, thank y'all so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, uh, check us out on the web, ourmln.com, which is O-U-R-M-L-N.com, or mindfullivingnetwork.com. Email us at info at mindfullivingnetwork.com. If you have any um, suggestions for future episodes or you just want to say hey, um, Reach out, reach out to us on social media if you've uh, decluttered something recently. I would love to see a before and after of some junk drawers out there. Seriously. If you guys give me some before and afters, I'll give you some before and afters, and you can hold me to a level of accountability. Thanks again so much for being with us. My name is John Bailey. Make sure you call me Bailey, and this was the way I see it. And I am Dr. Kathleen Hall. Thank you for joining us. This is the way I see it.